to Down City Cash Chicago. A decade after filing a lawsuit against the city, a West Side neighborhood group is finally getting some answers. Answers to how long it takes for 911 to respond to calls in Austin and surrounding areas. Residents have long said it takes too long if help arrives at all. Soon they'll have the data to back that up. It's Tuesday, December 7th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The city will have to start collecting and publishing data on 911 response times after a settlement with the Central Austin Neighborhood Association. CityCast Simone Alisea talked with Block Club Chicago's Pascal Sabino, who covers the West Side. So what kinds of experiences prompted these neighbors in Austin to to sue the city 10 years ago? What was happening? A lot of different neighbors in central Austin were kind of having a lot of the similar experiences of needing help from the police, but the police never came. Some of the people I've talked to, they've said they called for help because of, you know, drug sales in the streets, shootings, assaults, violent crime, houses being broken into any manner of emergency that you can think of. I I can't tell you how many people I've talked to on the West Side who have said, no matter how many times we call 911, nobody shows up. And it's nobody showing up. It's not just like a really long, it like takes a long time. It's, it's, we don't see anybody when we call. It's both. You know, uh, I've heard from a woman who last winter in, in January, her landlord took the front door off of her apartment um you know it, it was freezing cold um and she called 911 for assistance they came 3 days later wow. um, there were other people who um called 911 for you know shootings open air drug markets there was one instance where i talked to somebody who uh, said that there was an open air drug market in the in the middle of the, her street she couldn't even drive her car down her street to park her car car at her home she called the police. She actually drove to the police station, which was only a block or two away, asked for assistance, and they simply never came. So to what degree, obviously the settlement is about sort of the collection and publication of, of this response data. What do we know about, you know, how these experiences in Austin compare to emergency responses in other neighborhoods in the city? We don't have much tangible, concrete information on how these emergency response times compare. What we have to go off of so far is anecdotal experiences. It's not just Austin. It's people in any Black or Latino neighborhood across the city. You know, when people say that they don't have faith in the police, that's part of what they're talking about. Part of the issue is that there's this huge discrepancy between, like, violent, potentially life-threatening emergencies happening in areas like Austin where the police don't show up, whereas there are, you know, property crime issues happening in a neighborhood like Lincoln Park or Lakeview. When somebody calls the police, um, the police tend to show up much, much more quickly. Uh, But we don't know exactly what that discrepancy looks like because we just don't have the data because that's not something that the city of Chicago and the Chicago Police uh, Police Department has made available for us to actually be able to, um, you know, gauge what the the difference is here. Is the city not collecting the data or are they not publishing it or both? 
It seems like both. So in the lawsuit that the city settled with the Central Austin Neighborhood Association, the city said that they don't even have the capacity to collect or produce that data for all of the 911 calls. They said that they currently only have capacity to produce that data for 60% of emergency calls. So even if they were publishing that data, it wouldn't be complete data at this point. The settlement is requiring them to increase that data collection up to 80% within three years. But I think it's a really serious question that needs to be asked. Why can't the city of Chicago measure whether or not officers are responding and how long it takes for officers to respond to emergency calls in Black and Latino neighborhoods in in particular. Has anyone from the city explained sort of what was keeping them from from producing this data? I have not gotten any response for why this data wasn't produced before. Uh, And keep in mind, this lawsuit is 10 years old. Um, Right. (laughs) You know, this goes beyond the Lightfoot administration. This goes beyond Superintendent David Brown. The city of Chicago rather successfully stalled this lawsuit for for a long time. So there has been a lot of pushback. We don't know why it, why so much there, there's been so much pushback on making this um, this data available. We'll be right back. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. One of the things that's also interesting about this, you you also recently reported about how drivers in West Side neighborhoods are more likely to be stopped by police than anywhere else in the city. And so this presents mm-hmm. this very bizarre dynamic. How is it that you know, you have police around to stop people with frequency, but are not responding to 911 calls. Yeah, that's the question that a lot of residents are asking, because these are the same communities that are over-policed in every measure. These are the communities where people are the most likely to get parking tickets, where people are the most likely to get pulled over by the police. You know, in some of these neighborhoods, there's a police car on every block. But when people call the police for whatever reason, nobody comes. And so it's just these people are over over policed in one ways and then under resourced by the police in others. So what are neighbors telling you about what it is they want to see when it comes to the police presence in their neighborhood? Is it do they want to see 
more patrols, more cars, more more boots on the ground? Is it just about more res- better response, or or do they want to see fewer officers overall? I think it's a mixed bag. I think that's a question that's different depending on who you ask. But by and large, on the west side where I report in North Lawndale, in Austin, in Garfield Park, if you ask people whether or not they feel like police keep them safe, generally people say no. Um, In particular, young people don't feel like police keep them safe. Like a lot of the older people in the neighborhoods are kind of like, yeah, we need more police. A part of me gets it, like, because the one and only resource that people in this community have gotten for a hundred years is just the police. They don't get hospitals, they don't get grocery stores, they get the police. It's not even that they like the police because even the older folks, they're also kind of like, we call the police, nobody comes. Well, and also complaining about being stopped disproportionately. And it's not like they're not complaining about that. And so what people want is accountability. If this agency is getting so much of city funds, city funds that are, you know, not being spent on things like schools or mental health institutions. They want to make sure that at least officers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And just the most immediate way that you want officers um, to be present in your community is come when I need you, when I, when I need it, when I have an emergency, when I feel like I'm going to die and you're the person who's supposed to help me, you should come. Uh, So many people have reached out to me saying like this data, it feels like a huge victory and feels like really hopeful because it means that we can actually take this data to the commander of the 9th district or the 15th district. We can take this data to our alder person and say, we've been telling you for decades, for generations that the police haven't been doing what they've been supposed to be doing. They don't come when we have emergencies. Um, But all we've had before is these anecdotes, but now we have data that can prove what's happening here. So when will we start to see some of this data being published? We will start to see some of this data being published beginning three months after the settlement is uh, approved in the courts. And so after those three months, that data is going to be approved Uh, published monthly, and it's going to be um, broken down district by district. So people will be able to kind of see locally what their response times are. What happens then if that data comes out and it does indeed confirm what people in the neighborhood have been saying for years and years and years, you know, is there anything within the settlement that, that provides for a next step or a change that then has to occur? Once the writing's on the wall, what will happen? And when it comes to the Chicago Police Department, we don't always know. One portion of the settlement um, will require that Chicago police incorporate principles of equitable police response to calls for service into any new staffing plans that are developed under the federal consent decree, which is currently kind of guiding a lot of the reforms that are um, supposed to be happening within the Chicago Police Department. I have no idea no idea if this data being available will make a difference because it seems like this data adds validity to things that people's experiences have already been been kind of proving to be true but then it's kind of like why why didn't we believe people when they said this was true like why did we need why did we need a 10-year lawsuit <laughs> and like millions of dollars worth of staffing and data and research and whatever people people told us this was true why didn't we take their word for it when they said it was true. I have no doubt that that data will confirm um, all of these anecdotal experiences. So I'm very interested in 
you know, getting getting my hands on that data and seeing what that what that information will be able to tell us about the inner workings of the Chicago Police Department. Pascal Savino covers the West Side for Block Club Chicago. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me. We reached out to CPD, the city's law department, and the mayor's office, but didn't get a response back. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced more than $1 billion in affordable housing investment yesterday, including a plan to build 280 new units in Pilsen. City Council is expected to vote today on allowing sports betting at stadiums across the city. Local teams love it. Potential casino developers hate it. To learn more about Chicago's growing gambling scene, check out our November 9th episode. And some good news to get you through. Another story Pascal put us on over here was Light Up Lawndale. Organizers are asking for donations to help illuminate 575 trees along Douglas Boulevard from Independence to Douglas Park next week. You can find more information in our show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. From Douglas Boulevard. All right. Douglas Boulevard. <laughs>